0: 6 podcast it's tuesday july 23rd training camps are heating up starting to get all the news and uh, the, the the alerts that uh there's going to be extensive training camp coverage live we know Pete prisco and company will be heading around to various camps i'm will brinson wilson will be too ryan wilson i'm will brinson joined by ryan wilson for the second day in a row we uh we're leaning leaning heavy on old mr wilson because uh we got Sean Wagner is out of, uh, out of the, out of the, well, not out of the country. He's out of the continental. Did I even say who I am? I'm Will Brinson, right? Did I say that already? Three times. Three times. I'm Will Brinson. I am, I love Lamp. Um, Sean Wagner McGuff is out of the continental United States. He's in Hawaii soaking up his vacation. John Breach is, uh, without internet. Apparently he moved houses. Do we know where he moved? Is he still in Nashville? Who knows? We'll find out.
1: His location.
0: We'll find out maybe tomorrow. Uh, but Ryan and I are going to keep churning through these camp battles. Pete Prisker is out on the road. He'll join us. Um, we're going to have Brian McFadden. We've got some good plans coming up preseason to get you ready. Uh, if there's anybody you would like to see interviewed, by all means, uh, tweet at me, at Will Brinson. Uh, if you have fantasy questions, you can email me, willbrinson at gmail.com, or you can DM me on Twitter. I'm happy to answer any of all those. And reminder, if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, we will answer any question that you ask within reason. It cannot be political. It cannot be um not safe for work. But if you ask a good question, we will answer. It. Or any if you have, it have to be a good question, but just any, you know, any question, we will uh we will answer it. We have low standards. Yeah, I mean I just if you leave a five-star review, we'll we'll get to that question. Uh we'll probably get to a couple today. We we banged out a few on uh Monday's show. We're also gonna hit the AFC East no, excuse me. NFC's camp battles. Some real scorchers out there. And, uh, we will hit some of the news. First, Ryan, let's get to said news. The, um, Julian Edelman, who we mentioned on Monday's show because he's one of the many uh, Patriots wide receivers, really the only one who's guaranteed, I think, to see a ton of snaps this year just because of his status, uh, is going to be missing for a couple of weeks due to an injury. First reported by Adam Schefter and Field Yates of uh, ESPN. He was spotted at his uh, his kids' football camp wearing uh, some kind of brace on his thumb. It is described by Ian Rappaport of NFL Media as a mild trauma. Seems aggressive. That should keep him out, quote, just a few weeks. Level 1 to 10. Where's your level of concern for Julian Edelman's thumb injury?
1: Zero. He'll be fine.
0: That was higher than I would have gone, actually.
1: Yeah. Well, you only gave me 1 to 10. I went below 1 at zero. I would have gone Again, negative, I mean, negative
0: he,
1: 0.5. Yeah, he's fine. I think David Chow, who was the football doc on Twitter and was formerly the orthopedic guy for the Chargers for a long time, seemed no concerns. So it's a three-week, four-week injury, something like that, and he'll be back and ready to go. Much less of a concern than a year ago when he was coming off that ACL.
0: Yeah, I think one of the sneaky things about this injury for Julian Edelman well, not for Edelman, but for actually the Patriots is that if you, if you think about this, and I'm not saying that it's a good thing, but uh, training camp is going to begin at, on July 25th. That is uh, this week and then it'll run through the weekend. Um, you know, they're going to basically run practices every day through, through August 1st, uh, in terms of the first part of that training camp schedule. That's not the worst thing in the world. For all these other receivers, cause we talked about it, like, Inkiel Harry is a rookie wide receiver, the first ever first round pick drafted by Bill Belichick. Demarius Thomas is a guy coming off a rough injury, trying to be a veteran who could step in to be an impact player. Uh, Braxton Berrios needs training camp reps. Jacoby Myers needs training camp reps. And so, Edelman being out and healing up, he doesn't need time with Tom Brady. I mean, he's, he and Tom Brady are on the same page. They, they will be, they have a mind meld. And so now you can kind of get these other guys out there and they can get some reps.
1: No, I agree with all that. I think it's fine. And um maybe this is just a ploy by Bill Belichick to uh have others be concerned about Julian Edelman while he's doing a misdirection and as you point out, getting the young guys some reps with, with, with Tommy T.
0: In more important Patriots news, Tom Brady was on vacation with his wife, Ryan. And he went cliff diving with his six year old and he is being as we speak we're recording this noon on Monday. Uh, who knows if he'll be suspended by the NFL for this, but he is being parent shamed by a lot of people on social media for yet quote unquote yanking his daughter and being quote unquote irresponsible said um that's according to Instagram user faith one six full <laughs> some random person Strong follow yeah. Um,
1: Listen, before you go on, let me just say I haven't seen – I've heard about this.
0: You haven't seen the video?
1: Let me watch the video and let me judge in real time how I feel uh, about the jerking. So this is uh, off of his Instagram, 6.3 million followers according to Tommy T. uh, Tommy B. Um, Okay, hold on. All right, here it is. Let's see. Let's watch this. So it's not long, is it?
0: No, it's a seven-minute video. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right, there's the edge of the cliff. There, there's some people down below swimming in the in the natural pool. Sure. He's holding his his daughter's hands. He's pointing to the to the to water below where they're going to jump. Um, she doesn't seem apprehensive. I can't hear what they're saying. I don't know if I need to. He's smiling as he talks to her, and they're contemplating. As six year old, oh, there they go. Uh oh, so that's what happened. Okay,
0: <laughs> Here, so here's my take. For her, just because this is an audio podcast and we didn't right. show the video, for those who didn't see, there is a moment where. Well, let me tell you how, how I viewed it through
1: my eyes. So as I point out, you know, I went through what they were doing and they were at the edge. And I think what happened, again, I was listening to the audio just so I could see the videos. They decided to go and they being Tom and his daughter probably much less um, vehemently to jump and Tommy goes and his daughter has second thoughts as her dad's in midair and because he outweighs her by uh, 200 pounds or whatever. She follows shortly thereafter because their arms are – they're holding hands. I don't think it was like, look, lady, I'm going, whether you're coming or not. And since I'm holding on to you, I'm dragging you down with me. I think it was probably a midair miscommunication. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing. Tom Brady, it appears that she wants to jump but is hesitant, as you point out, to jump. So Tom Brady, being the good father that he is, spending time with his kids in the offseason, climbs up onto the rock with his daughter and – You know, it's like, it looks like he's actually putting in earplugs before he's ready to jump. Interesting, Tom. He's Um, he's not even a millennial. Right. And she, they're like, he's like, on the count of three, we're going to go. And she starts to lean forward and then Tom jumps. It's actually a good thing he pulls her because if she hesitates and trips and falls over the edge, that's a wrap. It's a wrap. And and we have a serious conversation now.
1: Did you hear her? Could you hear them say, one, two, three, go or anything like that? Could you hear any of that audio?
0: I don't believe so. But I mean, you okay, got to, yeah. so I mean, just
1: watching it uh, on mute, it, it seemed to me like they agreed she had second thoughts and understandably so. And it was yeah. too late because Tom Brady can do a lot of things, but he can't levitate and come back to a, to a huge rock. He's just jumped off. of.
0: Yeah, I've, I've got it playing right now. I don't know if you can actually hear
1: it a little bit.
0: Yeah, there's a counting. There's a counting situation going on there where he's like, all right. We're, we're going to jump. And look, I have a five-year-old. You have young kids. I don't even remember. How old are your kids now? Twelve and seven. Jeez Louise. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, you're not going to deal with this with your 12-year-old because he's not going to – he's not asking for help. He's jumping by himself or – Yeah. I mean, Him right? and his mustache are jumping by themselves. Right. But like a seven, a six- or a seven-year-old, This is a, it's a situation where they're scared. They don't want to jump. I right. get it. They want you to go with them. And if you jump and they pull back, I mean, like, if you're holding the hand, they're going to come with you. And right.
1: And your immediate response as a parent is to make sure you don't let them go at that point because you don't want them skipping down the side of a rock (laughs) face. I will.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. I think that – when you say I mean like she gets yanked and she goes in sideways and people are like, It's too close to the rocks. It's a cliff jump. Of course it's close to the rocks.
1: Everything's close to the rocks. Yeah, you when jump you off jump off
0: top. of a rock, everything's close to the rocks. And now there's a girl in the background who's like holding her she's like, Oh my god, like like cover it. I don't think it's Giselle, but she's like covering her like like, Oh, that was so scary. Yeah, it was scary. I'll say this. Maybe don't post it on Instagram, Tom.
1: There you go. That's probably – well, imagine – so he thought this one's okay to post. Imagine the ones he didn't post.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, if Vivi is going to be an Olympic champion one day, it probably won't be in synchronized diving. Daddy always gives her a 10, though, three stars. Now, Stephen Curry posted a bunch of laughing emojis. Uh Kelly Slater wrote that shoulder okay. Surfer, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Rock is the guy who's driving this parent parental outrage. Oh, it's not, um, is he? You know I have complete faith in you as a man friend player and father but this just gave me anxiety. Jesus. Oh, Calm down, stop it. Exactly. And so like that's sort of uh if there was going to be if there was going to be outrage that would be uh, that would be why. Um are you yeah, Don't are,
1: don't post it. That's that's the takeaway.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like if you post this, you're going to end up with somebody coming down on you. In fact,
1: by the way, imagine if this had happened. If he had jumped and she had a, – a, she was able to break free of his hold because she didn't want to jump and knocked him off balance. And then he lands on his knees on the side of a rock. Imagine all the hate that's going towards this poor girl uh, just because you know her dad wasn't able to pull her into the water with him. Just leave, leave it alone, people. You have other things to worry about. Don't worry about Tom Brady. I, yeah. I mean don't post it. I think that saves us all having this conversation. But the man's on vacation with his daughter. They jumped off a cliff. Everyone's fine.
0: Well – if I can get this to play, everyone is not fine. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> well, it, it, uh, it is, uh, it's not going to play for me. So and this is how Julian
1: Newman broke his hand.
0: The, uh, no, the, <laughs> that's right. The, uh, today show is running with this. Like Tom Brady is taking some heat today over a controversial video he posted that shows him and his six year old daughter cliff jumping in Costa Rica. And I don't really know if he's taking heat, but you know, they're, they're mad about it. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, we spent way too long on that. That's fine. Uh Also in the news, more NFL related, but I wanted to loop together that AFC East business. Odell Beckham, GQ, cover guy. GQ has a, I don't know what it is about these GQ writers, but like the, maybe it's the photo shoot or maybe it's because it's not like a quote unquote sports related uh Interview, but I mean, like these guys do these interviews with GQ and they just spill their guts. And yeah, Ramsay last year. Yeah, Ramsey did GQ, but he also did the Mina Kimes article, is the one that really blew up. Um, what you wrote a story about Odell Beckham on Monday. What uh, what did you What did you take away from the the old OBJ interview on GQ?
1: So he said a lot of things, a lot of very interesting things, and, and the most egregious and most offensive part of that GQ article, and there are several of them. All relate to what he's wearing, and because as you point out, he he did the fashion shoot and they put. I mean, GQ is a gentleman's quarterly; it's a men's fashion magazine. On some levels, so it also has really good writing. But if you look through the photographs, uh, at one point he's wearing a leather coat, and I don't know if you're looking at the article, but if you just had to guess, black leather coat, very stylish. It looks like it comes down. It's like Matrix level, Neo down to like the back of his knees. How much would you pay for a black leather coat that comes down to the back of your knees?
0: Uh, like
1: the most you would imagine that, that you would have to pay for a black leather coat.
0: Like, how much do you think, how much do I think Odell Beckham paid for it or I'm how much?
1: much just Will Brinson when he strolls into Brooks Brothers and wants to buy a, a long black leather coat. $250. Like Come on. thirteen grand.
0: I mean, I, I know how much Odell Beckham, I wasn't going to guess. Odell Beckham paid $250 for it. Odell He's Beckham's for
1: a turtleneck that costs $1,590. So, uh, there's that. Let's see what else. Uh Oh, he was wearing a much more reasonable coat in the picture down below, $3,100, $1,000 pants by Prada, a $40 tank top. Can you imagine wearing a $40 tank top?
0: For, for tank top, $40 for the pack of three. It's a Calvin <laughs> Klein. Pack. Right. So wait, he's wearing a $3,100 overcoat, a $1,000 pair of pants, both by Prada, and underneath it, he's just wearing... A tank top that's $40 for a three. Oh, it is a pack of three. Okay. There. I take that yeah. back. That's actually, you know, at least it's what?
1: $11 a pop, $12 a pop.
0: We were getting primetime games still as a five and 11 team. Why? Because people want to see the show. You want to see me play. That's just real rap. I'm not sitting here like it's because of me, but let's just be real. Uh, actually Odell, bad news, pal. You're getting primetime games not as a five and 11 team, but you're getting primetime games. Uh, it's not because of you. It's, it's uh, you're getting primetime games because they do the schedule uh, literally months ahead of time, and no one thought. Yeah, that yeah would but be the that
1: thinking was that Odell's going to be a big part of it. I think he, so, I I think he's right, and everything that I read in this interview, um, he was upset with the way that his trade was handled, and I understand that he was frustrated with that. I think he said he got a text from Pat Shermer that said, "I just heard about the trade," <laughs> and Odell was like, "You just heard about it? You had everything to do with you no longer being in town." Um, he also said the team wasn't very good, the Giants, the last six years, and he's not wrong about that. That team has been really bad. They went to the playoffs once, but they are not a good football team. Um, he's happy with where he is. He explained why he missed OTAs. Um, he said he would already planned, paid for uh, where he was staying, where he was going to be working out. So there was no reason for him to scrap all that just to show up for some voluntary workouts. He's not getting reimbursed for that. Um, I have no issue with that. And he also makes another good point that he's never been arrested. He's never gotten in trouble, but everyone makes it about his persona and his brand. And I, I think that obviously he's much more than that. And, and I do think he's been sort of characterized in a bad light. of so, that's with the the way, you know, the sideline antics and the kicking of the net. And they uh, later proposing into that same kicking net. But at the end of the day, I, I think this is a great situation for him. And I suspect it will. It'll certainly work out much better than it did in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta than it did in New York.
0: Uh, Odell also pointed out, and I don't know if you wrote this or not, but um, he was asked, "You are an all district bat. This is the GQ interview. You are an all district basketball player. Golf Digest called your swing beautiful. Yet you chose to play pro football, arguably the most oppressive sport when it comes to individuality. Do you ever think about how life would have been with a different sport?" All the time, bro. Literally every day, especially on those days I'm down. could have done any sport in the world. Not many people know, but I used to talk to my mama, and I'd be like, Ma, if I was done doing this now, would you still be proud of me? And this is a couple of years ago, about two or three years ago. And the the follow-up is, no way you really thought about retiring for real? 24 years old, Beckham replied, just off of it. To love something so much, the place where it is my everything, to watch it be tainted or all kinds of things be in the middle of it, like it hurt me to my soul. It'd be like loving someone and putting them on such a level to where life is about them, and you love that person through anything, through the good, the bad. I, I don't. Anyway, if he's apparently he thought about retiring. I don't believe that. Like he wasn't retiring until he got that. There's no way Odell Beckham was walking away from football without getting that mega deal from the Giants or somebody. Like he wasn't going to retire and be like, "Ah, eh, good money in that rookie deal that I got in like is the fifteenth, thirteenth overall pick." Guess I'm going to call it. a Guess I'm going to call it a year, or a life. In football.
1: You seem much more skeptical about Odell Beckham after this interview than I, I actually was. Um, I, I didn't have any issue with, with it. I
0: don't, I, I don't mind it, but I mean, like, this is okay. Here's my thing with Odell Beckham. It, it, what's going to be different in Cleveland than it was in New York? And I don't think he's like some selfish jerk. I mean, I think he's just a diva receiver that, that you got to deal with, but like, he's clearly All right. obsessed hey, what's with his under, image. What's the over
1: under? What's the over under in New York for win totals? Uh, yeah.
0: six, five and a half or six.
1: What's the over/under in Cleveland?
0: Nine and a half.
1: Well, there's one thing
0: that's different right that, there. That will help. That will certainly help. Um, and the Super
1: Bowl odds we certainly know about. Last I saw was sixteen to one for the, the the Browns. That may have changed, but I'm sure the Giants ain't sixteen
0: to one. Here's the here's the question: Are you worried about the OBJ brand shrinking by playing in a smaller market like Cleveland? Uh, I will forever have love for the New York fans. They gave me my first home, but there's a sense of entitlement, like I was made there. In my head, that was the first place I had the opportunity to show the world what God had set out for me to do. It didn't matter where I was at. Now, did it help that it was Sunday Night Football for the Giants versus the Cowboys? 1,000%. But the catch happened around the entire world. I feel like it wouldn't matter where I was. Once you got hooked onto who I was and what I was doing, and who knows, if I was in another place, you don't know if the numbers would have been more or less. I, it just feels like this is combustible, and not in a way that maybe we're not giving enough credence to. Yeah, I
1: mean, think about what Jalen Ramsey said last year. He ticked down the list of quarterbacks and rated every last one of them, and that blew up in his face. What has Odell Beckham really said that you're going to point to in three months and be like, "Yep, see, told
0: you." When commenters like Chris Carter say you need to grow up and stop acting like a boy, does stuff like that affect you? Anybody who knows me knows. It's hard to sit there when Chris Carter talks about me. Ray Lewis is another one who sits there and talks to me like a little brother and shows me love in person. We hug and embrace. But when they get on TV and say some stuff like he doesn't know who God is, like how do you, now this is a good point. Like how do you judge another man's relationship with God? Ray Lewis. Um, anyway, so this it, mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham likes Odell Beckham and that's okay. He's a, and by the way,
1: he was also asked about being gay, which has sort of been an underlying rumor since he came into the league. And I thought he gave some very thoughtful answers about it, at least the part that I read. I want to make sure he didn't say anything inflammatory that I missed. But the part that he read, he goes, look, I don't care what people do or who they like, and I think it's sort of silly that people care what I do in my, my own time. And and I think he's on to something there, and I think that's certainly – I mean, that actually points to what Ray Lewis and Chris Carter were talking about trying to figure out who they, they – like they know who who Odell Beckham is when, I, I, you know, really, Odell Beckham knows who, who Odell Beckham is.
0: Yeah, he doesn't – yeah, he doesn't – The whole thing is, anyway, it's worth a read. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So.
1: No, but you're right. The GQ, the, the writers at GQ, whoever they send these guys out to do the interviews, these guys crush it in terms of getting out information out of, out of players who normally don't like to to say a whole lot.
0: no, Beckham is not telling me all that stuff. Uh, Zeke Elliott, the last, uh, a couple more news items. Zeke Elliott, um, This is from Ian Rappaport of NFL Media From what uh, on Good Morning Football on Monday morning. From what I'm told, as recently as yesterday, all options are still on the table. Elliott still has not firmly decided whether or not he is going to hold out. If he does not hold out, that means contract talks are going in the right direction, or at least he trusts the Cowboys to get a deal done. Also over the weekend, Dak Prescott was asked about it on WFAA by Mark Lane and said, Zeke does everything. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke being on the field does everything. It allows the game to open up. When you can run the ball successfully, all it does is open up the passing game, opens up the play action game. It allows you to be dominant in the second half and in the fourth quarter when you need to be. Um, where's your, we talked about this yesterday with Zeke maybe taking a vacation, according to Mike Florio. What do you think? Uh, odds of, all right, over under August one, new deal for Zeke Elliott.
1: Over. That's, that's right around the corner. And there's no reason, like I said yesterday, there's no reason for him to shelp at camp and get hurt. And if he wants to go to Mexico, wherever it is he's planning on going, who cares? Let him go. And I mean, if he, August 1st, that means he's going to get his 14 million plus million dollar a year deal done by less than a week away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It would mean, it would mean, no, it would be next Thursday. Um, eight days away. So their first, uh, preseason game, they have the, they have their blue and white scrimmage at 3.30 PM on August, Sunday, August 4th. Uh, Then their first preseason game is Saturday, August 10th at San Francisco. So over under Saturday, August 10th at San Francisco. No, why would you play him in preseason games? You probably won't. But, I mean, is he going to get a deal done or not? I mean, August 10th. Do do you think the Cowboys get a deal done with Zeke before the season?
1: Yeah, that'll happen. I don't know if it's going to happen until September, to be honest with you. But uh, that's fine. Who cares? It doesn't matter. But like I said yesterday, we're talking about $67 million between him, Dak, and Amari.
0: Yeah. Would you – if you're Zeke, would you show up to training camp without a deal?
1: No. No reason to. And do what? Get hurt? Yeah. Nah, don't do it. I mean, Julio Jones is a completely different situation because Arthur Blank said, I promise I will pay you. Mm-hmm. So he took that to mean that he promises he will pay him, and he will pay him to the tune of $20 million a year.
0: Uh, well, well, that was my next one. Uh, Julio Jones showed up for Falcons camp, as he promised, and uh, over under August 1st for him. New deal.
1: That's actually a good I think uh, that's actually right on. That that's a push. And um Prisco is actually in Atlanta on Monday. I don't know if he's staying Tuesday or not, but he he's already talked on um CBS Sports HQ.
0: Our live twenty four seven CBS Sports Network, which you can get real news sport real sports news for real sports fans. Uh
1: he already talked about Julio's deal and or the, the likelihood that it'll happen and, and that it's you know all but certainly gonna happen. And, and I feel the same way. I mean they've just paid Deion Jones Early in the, in the summer, they paid Grady Jarrett. Yep. They have some other guys to pay, but Julio Jones is obviously number one on, on the to-do list right now.
0: Julio is, is also easier. So he's getting, um, he has a, a base salary of $9.6 million this year and then $11.426 million next year. So, um, you're looking at a guy with 13.46 and 12.89 cap hits, right? Uh, and w- when you factor in the bonuses and the way that they worked out, he's basically making 12, uh, twelve to thirteen million dollars a year heading into thousand and nineteen. Um, I think when you look at the the average for wide receivers, Odell Beckham's at eighteen million. He got a ninety million dollar contract. You could just give Julio Jones a three year extension that gets him into that Odell Antonio Brown range because you know yeah,
1: right now he's like twelfth. Yeah, the average a- annual salary,
0: yeah. which is insane. This that's a no brainer. The problem for Zeke Elliott, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Cowboys is that. I don't think he's going to take less than Le'Veon Bell. No, we talked about that yesterday. He ain't. Why would he? Now he might take less than Todd Gurley. Why? Because if if Todd Gurley has got one leg. Yeah, but if you're if you're the Cowboys, you're like, listen, that Gurley thing is not a. That's not.
1: That's not. That is not Ezekiel Elliott's fault. He has nothing to do with
0: that. No, that's a good point. And what's the uh, franchise tag now for running backs? Uh, It'll be eleven point four five million dollars. And then right, 13 point something million dollars in the, the second franchise tag. So, so that's,
1: that's sub levy and Bell money. So that's non-starter,
0: but that's the guarantee. That's the three-year guarantee deal you're working on. If you're, if you're worried about, uh, trying to play, uh, trying to pay Zeke Elliott, I, 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 Julio Jones should not be an issue. Bang that deal out and just get it done. Um, some pup news. DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt placed on the pup list. What's your level of panic for those guys? What, do we know what the injuries are? Uh, there's shorter term injuries. So really your level of panic. So one. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, well, listen, it goes, it spires up to a 10 if <laughs> this is not a short term situation, right. especially for Trey Hopkins, because without him, that offense is in a world of hurt. I mean, we talked about them trading for Melvin Gordon last week as a a possibility because they need a running back. They have Lamar Miller, who actually makes a lot of money for Lamar Miller-type production. We don't know about the offensive line. They have two, I think, first-round pick and a second-round pick. They drafted offensive linemen, but they're both small school guys, so are they going to be able to step in immediately a year after uh, Deshaun Watson took 62 sacks? Will Fuller's coming off an ACL. And last year, he he missed the last month and a half of the season, and he was still number two in receptions with 30-something. Right after him was Ryan Griffin, the tight end.
0: Yeah, so. I think uh, I think Hopkins. Um, so Watt had cleanup surgery on his knee after the playoffs, and <laughs> Battle Red Blog writes Hopkins had ligaments falling off the bone like a crockpot dinner after last season. This shouldn't alarm you. Why not? That kind of alarms me. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't worry about those two guys right now if they're if they're short stays. Um, it should not be a problem, but you don't want to see it. I mean, like you know, you'd prefer. You'd prefer not to see it, right? I
1: mean, <laughs> well, in terms of concern, it's Hopkins one, Watt two, and then Clowney's a distant three in, in terms of being available to play. I feel like
0: I think the bigger concern for the Texans is that this is a team that's is is a Scru- stars and scrubs team, and if for some reason not a GM, they don't have a GM. But I mean, if for some reason J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins missed a combined let's say sixteen games, that's that's going to be a lot of problems for that team.
1: Yeah, i got two words for you, Indianapolis Colts.
0: Yeah, the Colts look like a much better team. Also placed on the PUP list, Trey Flowers, according to uh Ooh. the Detroit Lions high-priced pass rusher. Never a good sign, but the guy you gave a $75 million contract to in the offseason is placed on the PUP list.
1: Um, Maybe he didn't have any self-respect and should have to work with a pencil
0: behind his ear. Man, you hate Matt Patricia. And then finally, the Giants are hosting Trey Boston and Jonathan Cyprian, which is... Really exciting NFL news in the middle of July. That will also leapfrog us into this break, and then we'll talk about NFC East position battles right after this. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com. All right. So the NFC East, everyone's favorite division. We mentioned the giants and uh the potential safety issues that they're dealing with Ryan. More importantly, I would say, do you think that uh, I'll ask you this? Do you think Eli Manning versus Daniel Jones qualifies as a training camp battle?
1: It should. And Pat Shermer said that, that Daniel Jones will, Battle for a job in, in training camp. So I took that to mean that nothing's solidified on, on paper and in ink with a uh, permanent marker with, with Eli Manning. I don't understand this fascination with Eli Manning in New York. It just – it blows my mind. Um But, uh you know, what I liken it to – and I wish Sean were here to, to appreciate this. This is a, a U.S. Men's National Team soccer reference. Michael Bradley has been playing – he's only 32 or 33. He's been playing forever. He should have been phased out probably five or six years ago. But he's, he's a great team leader. He has a lineage going back. His dad's a coach. His dad used to be the national team coach. And he's a hard worker. And he does all, checks all the boxes of, of the scrappy guy. And you cannot get him off the field. Every time he's on the field, he does something that causes the team not to do as well as it should. I feel the exact same about Manning. And, you know, he's a great guy. He's a great leader. But at the end of the day, he's costing that team football games. So, you know, I want to see what happens if Daniel Jones has a great, training camp in a great preseason. Not even great. What if he has like a B plus training camp preseason and Eli Manning plays like we expect Eli Manning to play. Why would you not put Daniel Jones out there?
0: I I don't know because you have some inherent uh, like gravitation towards Eli Manning and and the desire to make sure that Eli is taking. I I don't know. It's insane. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I I would, I would, uh, I don't know if you can cut Eli Manning, um, but I would, I would just be like, listen, we're going forward full bore with Daniel Jones. He's our guy. Um, do you think he could trade Eli Manning? Um, you can definitely cut Eli Manning. If you cut Eli Manning, you save $12 million in salary cap space in 2019.
1: The thing is they could cut him and Eli Manning seems like a perfectly fantastic person. You could cut him and the, I, I guarantee you the, uh, the, the, I, the, the number of Giants fans who would be irate about it would number less than
0: 5%. Wait, did, wait. Okay, but now here's the other thing is that uh, in April, Dave Gettleman said that, or no, according to a report from Ralph Facciano of SNY.com, the Giants, quote, won't hesitate to give Eli a contract extension because they gave him that five million. He's in the last year of his deal. Yeah, well,
1: they also said, Gettleman, that they were going to sit Daniel Jones like Aaron Rodgers for two or three years.
0: What is Eli Manning doing on this roster? You could save $12 million and just trot out your first-round pick and give him a shot.
1: They traded Odell Beckham for Dexter Lawrence and, uh, the safety. Um, what's his name?
0: Jabril Peppers.
1: Jabril Peppers. Which
0: is part and parcel of why they're bringing in these various safeties. Um, uh, they have Antoine Bethea. Uh, they have, well, they have, they have Jabril Peppers, but they, uh, no, they let Landon Collins walk. Excuse me. That's why they're trying to bring in, um, Trey Boston and Jonathan Ciprian. I think you could also look at the inside linebacker position where Alec Ogletree and BJ Goodson. Could battle out for some uh for some snaps there and, and depending on what they do uh at that position. On a scale of one to ten, how excited does the Giants inside linebacker training camp battle get you?
1: It, it's two. I, I mean I think it starts with the quarterback situation and we'll go from there. Um they also, by the way, they don't have a lot of depth at running back. They have Saquon, obviously, but they have Wayne Gallman behind him. Where is he in your fantasy rankings?
0: Wayne Gallman?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh you he's not getting drafted.
1: He did a little spot to do last year, if I recall correctly. But Elijah I, I Penny, liked,
0: I like when you go on at Clemson.
1: Paul Perkins, Rod Smith, and rookie Jonathan Hillman. These are the guys. A name to watch. And I only said this because it's a Syracuse guy, Eric Dungey, the quarterback last year. Is, it was signed as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. I don't know how long he'll last, but unrelated
0: he's, to Tony Dungey.
1: Unrelated to Tony Dungey. He's actually been compared to sort of in um guy what's uh, in Dino Babers' offense here in Syracuse as a Tim Tebow type player. Hmm. So. If that whets your whistle, then keep it, keep it on Eric Dungy. But hurry up because I don't know how long he's going to hang around.
0: I mean, if you're – honestly, the quarterback thing, it, Daniel Jones, Kyle Laletta, and and Eric Dungy is who you should keep. Cut Eli Manning and just let these young guys go after
1: yeah, him. Yeah, Alex Tanny's still there, but I think he's in his 30s and, yeah. and again, you know. Well, wait a second, though. Would you be
0: I, –
1: I, I guess. I mean, what am I talking about? Daniel Jones, Laletta, and, and Eric Dungy. I was like, well, do you want to go into a season with no experience? But – Alternatively, do you want to go into season with the guy? What's Eli making?
0: Twenty-two million. Twenty-two
1: million dollars a year. Who was good for nine wins? His, lo- his
0: cabinet is twenty-three point two million dollars. Sweet mercy. Oh, uh, you know what? The problem is that roster bonus they gave him for five million dollars is guaranteed. That's why they won't cut him. Remember, because they kept him around past yeah. the deadline for that roster bonus. You can still save eleven million dollars though. I mean, like, who cares what you pay Eli Manning? Yeah,
1: the Steelers ate nineteen million or whatever they ate to get Antonio Brown.
0: One other spot to watch, I think. um, at least in terms of a potential high high dollar cut, uh, Janoris Jenkins is in the final year of his five year, sixty two point five million dollar contract. Remember, uh, Jerry Reese gave that to him. If you if they cut him right now, post June eleventh, you would have, um, uh, you know, you would have. Uh, no, sorry, he's got two years left on his deal. I'm an idiot. If you cut him right now, you would save eleven point two five million dollars in cap space. Uh, and have three point five million dollars in dead cap space the next two years. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that they will cut him. I'm just saying it's somebody that at least warrants watching in terms of. They okay.
1: drafted two two cornerbacks, DeAndre Baker in the first round, yep. and the Julian Love, I think, it was third round pick, uh, fourth round. Both both smaller guys, but I mean, if you're if you're flipping the flipping the page uh, and trying to save money, that uh, that makes some sense. That said, I don't know if you how how much you want to play two rookies uh in the NFL at cornerback.
0: It is uh, not an ideal situation, so he'll probably stick around. But just, just say, just he could be a surprise cut if they love what DeAndre Baker is. Uh, is well,
1: he, is, he was on the on the radar for the the trade deadline last year too, for
0: sure. Yeah, and he's a kind of a kooky dude. Uh, John Halipo versus Spencer Pulley at center is another training camp battle to watch. Um, Halipo was the guy who started most of last year. The Giants were rumored in connections with Garrett Bradbury as a potential uh, guy they could take in the first round but they ended up not not being there with their second pick. They took Dexter Lawrence. Uh, Pulley, I think, is the lead guy going into this job, but uh, Halepo could steal it back from him. Um, Certainly, if you're going to have, whether you have Eli Manning or Daniel Jones, you want a capable body at center. For the Redskins, also
1: a... One one thing, let me ask you this, as we look at the... With Odo Beckham now gone, where does this Giants wide receiver core rank league-wide? So it's Golden Tate, who... Just said that Eli Manning – what did he say about Eli Manning? He's like the best passer he's ever caught passes. Wrong. I
0: think he said it about Matthew Stafford as a
1: – Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. As a
0: slap in the face to Russell Wilson.
1: Oh, okay. I see. Sterling Shepard, Cody Latimer, Corey Coleman, the former first-round pick of the Browns. He hasn't really worked out. Benny Fowler.
0: You got a lump Evan Ingram in there too.
1: Well, he's, a, he's actually a t- tight end, but I just meant the wide receivers in general. No,
0: I just mean it's pass catchers. Yes, the okay. wide receiver. Group, where, would the you wide
1: rank, where would you rank these, This group?
0: It's a disaster. It's,
1: <laughs> okay, that's it's, it's, just confirming.
0: It's two. It, their wide receiver group is two high-end slot guys in Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, a bust of a second-round pick in Cody Latimer, a bust of a first-round pick in Corey Coleman, a fifth-round pick in Darius Slayton, and Russell Shepard, who's actually maybe a little bit underrated. Um, it's it's not good. I mean, it's 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 a problem. Like this is not a now. If, if the goal is to be a run heavy team that, that relies on the dink and dunk pass game, then yeah, maybe that can work. Well, if that's
1: the goal. You need to cut the quarterback that's making twenty million a year.
0: Right. Exactly. Like like this is a offense that Daniel Jones could operate. I would. Think. I don't. I mean, may, may, look again. I I drunkenly bet on the the Giants to win the division. So who am I? To, who, am <laughs> I who am I? To, who am I to criticize? Who no. Who amongst us has not drunkenly bet on the Giants to win the division? But um, yeah. I mean, it, it's not a it's not a very good group. I, mean, I like Golden Tate and I like Sterling Shepard, but you you would love to have them both of them as your number two.
1: Yeah, well, here we are.
0: Yep, here we are. Um in Washington, the quarterback position is the battle that has been highlighted by did you write this story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we already read it. Uh Dwayne Haskins versus Case Keenum and Colt <laughs> McCoy. Alex Smith out there as well. Unlikely that uh, he would end up actually um you know being involved in this. How uh, how is your how's your temperature reading on Haskins versus Keenum right now?
1: Uh, let, let me double check the rest of the schedule real quick because I think much like the Dolphins' schedule when we talk about Fitzpatrick and uh, Josh Rosen, it's incumbent to take that into consideration. Mm. Uh, let's see what we got. What we got because I think it's pretty tough. So at Eagles, Cowboys, Bears, at Giants, Patriots. So those are the first five games. Maybe one of those games, they have a real chance of winning, and that's the Giants game. So do you want to throw Dwayne Haskins out there with no one to throw the ball to, Darius Guy's coming off an ACL, 87-year-old AP behind him, to go up against that Eagles defense, then play the Cowboys, and then go against that Bears defense, and then two weeks after that, face the Patriots? <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that. I think that's why Colt McCoy was put on this earth, to take those kind of beatings Jeez. against the, you know, <laughs> high-level teams.
0: Um if you're a, if you're a Giants fan and wants to feel good about your receiving core, look at the Redskins. Yeah,
1: I was I was also taking a gander at that. That's that's depressing.
0: Josh Stockton, Paul Richardson, Brian Quick, who by the way was part of the RG three trade, hilariously uh, for the Rams. Calvin Harmon and Terry McLaurin, the two rookies, and J. Hugh Chesson, along with Trey Quinn, who's sort of a sleeper that people are kind of talking about. Uh Darwin Kidsey. Who I love to mention just because it doesn't seem like that's a real name, and then of course Jordan Reed, Jeremy Sprinkle, and uh, JP Holtz, Vernon Davis at tight end as well. Uh, it's this is a tough, tough group to get behind.
1: Yeah, and and unlike Saquon Barkley, like I just said, Darius guys only had I think one carry last year. That was his first one in the preseason. It was a he great. Did, did
0: not have a regular season carry, right? Towards ACL. No, uh, you know? yeah,
1: yeah. So and he he actually may be dealing with a hamstring right now, which should have no bearing uh, on the season, but coming back from the ACL certainly will. So do you want to bring in? Um Haskins after week five Where they play the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Vikings And the Bills, that seems much more palatable than, than that first five game stretch And if he goes out there and takes a beating Why, I mean that's not good for his development The only problem, one of the only problems The biggest problem perhaps Is that Jay Gruden's going to get fired If they go one and four And then it won't matter what Dwayne Haskins is doing So he's got to decide whether his job is more important Than Dwayne Haskins' long term development So th- that's the math he has to do And, and figure out pretty quickly
0: Yeah, I think that this is a situation – this is the worst situation in in football, to be perfectly honest, because – Wait,
1: worse than Miami?
0: For a quarterback, yeah. Because what happens with this team is they are in a situation where they have a coach and a GM, both of whom believe they could be fired by the crazy-ass owner. They Said owner is infatuated with the rookie quarterback they just drafted in the first round because he went to high school with his son – Dan Snyder's son with the high school with Dwayne Haskins, um, they play the Eagles, Cowboys, Bears, and Giants and Patriots as you pointed out uh, in the first five weeks of the season, and then the next three of their next four are on the road. At some point in those first five weeks, you were whether it's Case Keenum or Colt McCoy, you were going to be in a position where more than likely someone from up top who signs your checks is gonna say play the rookie I'm tired of like if they get below if they get two games below 500 they're gonna force haskins in there and he's gonna to have to try and get it done against either in road game situations against and against good defenses uh, with no help at the receiving core so this offensive and their starting left tackle is holding out like this offensive line has to be the healthy strength of the team so they can establish a run game so haskins can be ready to come in and play and I just don't it's not. It just doesn't seem. The only thing by. I would
1: point out is that this team was six and four last year when Alex Smith broke his ankle, uh, broke his leg, and they were a terrible six and four team. But they were six and four, so maybe they're not as bad as we think they are. But I mean, that's a lot of hoping, and hoping,
0: as they say, ain't a plan. Yeah, the uh, defense was fifteenth out of thirty uh, second. They're they outperformed their expected win loss. Their Pythagorean theorem by uh, almost a game and a half. Um, Offense was 29th out of 32nd in terms of points scored last year. They were not good. Um, you know, they were 5 and 2 at one point. They were 6 I and mean, 9. Oh, wow. I mean,
1: I was a guy, by the way, 12 months ago that was, uh, extolling Alex Smith as league MVP.
0: Remember, they thumped the Cardinals on the road to start, lost to the Colts at home in week 2, thumped the Packers 31 to 17 at home in week 3, had their early bye, Got blown out by the Saints on Drew Brees night on that Monday night football game. Handled the Panthers last second. Handled the Cowboys last second. Handled the Giants last second. Uh, got blown out by the Falcons at home somehow. And with the Falcons outdoors. And then, uh, beat the Buccaneers in that just unbelievably terrible 16 to 3 game. Uh, and then, and then lost their next four games when, you know, with Alex Smith hurt. So I mean, If they can win games, if they can win low-scoring rock fights, sure, they can make some noise. I don't see it being possible against the defenses. They have to play with the personnel that they have out there. So good luck with uh, Dwayne Haskins, who may or may not probably won't win the job, but could very much uh, end up in a situation where he is playing a lot of football. The Eagles running backs are what we're watching for out of their training camp. Uh, Our producer Debo, an Eagles fan, has incredible stats from all these uh, guys. Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Corey Clement. Just signed Darren Sproles, as we mentioned. Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams, plus uh, Boston Scott and Donnell Pumphrey. Who, um, who do you think pulls out of training camp? Who do you think? I mean, I think Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders with Corey Clement catching passes is probably your best bet here.
1: Yeah, no, that seems about right. I'm, I'm guessing that um, uh Darren Sproles makes makes the team. Maybe he doesn't. He is thirty. He's, he's thirty six. That's what we decided. So, yeah, who knows? Not everyone can be Frank Gore. But I think that's right. It starts with Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders, I think, is going to be uh, a lot of fun to watch. He played behind Saquon Barkley two years ago at Penn State. He had a big year last year. He can catch passes coming on the backfield. He's uh, an incredibly dy- dynamic runner. He ain't Saquon, but um, he he ain't bad. And then Corey Clement, we've seen him do things the last few years. Um, I think he had a, a a big role to play in that Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, the, okay. Got, yeah, got to touch that past. Corey Clement, by the way, and um – um. And Wendell Smallwood, both on the final years of their contracts, Corey Clement's base salary, $645,000, Wendell Smallwood's base salary, $720,000. The Eagles would save, uh, if they, if they, if they cut, if they cut Corey Clement, they'd save $3,000 in, uh, in, in cap space. Oh no, he would have $3,000 in dead, in dead cap money, and they would, uh, they would save, uh, $645,000, whereas they would save, um,
1: I believe they couldn't even buy a, a No. Beckham jacket with the cap money they would
0: save. That's exactly right. Yes. So I mean, like I would, I would bet that it's a really good chance that you see uh, Wendell Smallwood um, and Corey Clement. I, I, maybe they just carry a bunch of running backs. I mean, they're going to carry <laughs> why six running backs? No, of course not. Maybe not. Who are they cutting? Sproles? Maybe we just talked about it. I mean, he's thirty-six. He's coming off an injury. I don't know. Miles Sanders who missed most of OTAs in many camps so that lower body injury. I mean, he's obviously going to make the team. Uh, Jordan Howard, I would be surprised if they traded for him and cut him, right? I mean, that didn't make any they sense. They just got him. I know. He's in the final year of his deal too. Now you can cut him and you could save 2 million bucks.
1: Well, that's true. Uh, there you go. So I mean, maybe, maybe he is an option. Yeah, I better not true. say it's definitely going to happen cuz it'll get printed.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, but I mean, look, like the reality is if Miles Sanders looks really good, you think Sproles and Clement could contribute in the passing game and Wendell Smallwood yeah. I mean, like, are you going to keep Jordan Howard at $2 bucks, or, or Wendell Smallwood and um,
1: – Corey Clement.
0: Yeah, uh, Corey Clement ain't going anywhere. Um,
1: anyway. No. Oh, you mean uh, Darren.
0: Yeah, and then Josh Adams was undrafted. So, I mean, like, we're talking about I mean, we're talking about cheap players here. It's just a matter of how yeah. much – Yeah, and value. the Bears
1: were happy. They couldn't get rid of Jordan Howard fast enough.
0: But so. well, Jordan Howard just doesn't fit with what the Bears want to do.
1: No, I understand, but there weren't a lot of takers either.
0: Yeah. I mean, Josh Adams, if you cut him, he would be um, – You'd say 570 grand on the salary cap. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they need—they like to have a lot of running backs uh kept around, so maybe they keep all those guys. And by uh, the
1: way, one one other position battle. I don't know if you're still talking about the Eagles moving on, but Jason Peters, Andre Dillard. No. They not drafted bad, Andre man. Dillard to to replace Jason Peters, who's he's in his mid 30s as well. He's struggled with injuries, and when he's on, he's one of the best left tackles. But again, he's he's getting up there in the years. So Andre Dillard was taken 21st or 22nd. The very next pick is when the Texans had to overreact and take. Titus Howard out of Alabama State and drew a lot of questions and maybe even cost that GM their job.
0: Uh, one other position battle to watch with the the uh, in terms of deep bodies, cornerback position for the Eagles, Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, both banged up. Uh, avante maddox sydney jones who was a former second round pick but coming off a rough leg injury hasn't really materialized into the guy that they, they hoped they would get but maybe he could and then russell douglas so they have a lot of bodies back there but not necessarily anybody who has emerged as a stud quarterback so that is uh a warrant that warrants watching as we head into training camp for the eagles and then finally with the dallas cowboys demarcus lawrence had shoulder surgery this offseason he is the unquestioned starter the uh, defensive end position should be interesting to see how that plays out. Tyrone Crawford and Robert Quinn. Uh, Crawford moves around inside outside, but um, certainly both those guys, as veterans, look like the established. Uh, maybe not starters, but you know, two and three guys in there. And then Taco Charlton, former first round pick. You know, can he step up? Dorrance Armstrong, Jalen Jelks, and Joe Jackson are the guys to watch in the second and third, uh, units of that defensive line. They need depth they need depth and, and help behind Demarcus Lawrence at defensive end. If they get it from these guys, this is a potentially dangerous defense.
1: Yeah, actually, they, they focused on that in the draft. Joe Jackson, you mentioned out of the U. He probably needs to drop a little weight and be a little more dynamic. He was, uh, he was a big guy last year, but he wasn't as dynamic as he was previously. Tristan Hill out of UCF. They got in the second round, I believe. He plays defensive tackle. He is a beast. He is incredibly athletic. I know he had some issues with the coaching staff. That's why he wasn't starting there. Our guy Matt Brodsky is happy to tell you about that. And they, um, Daniel Wise, I don't know if they got him day three or in draft free agent, but he's out of Kansas. He's in the thick body that has a chance to, to help out that defensive line. I think that defense is secretly going to be pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think so too. In fact, the Cowboys might be a team to uh, they get Zeke Elliott signed to get him in there and get everybody happy. They could, they could. If they were coached by somebody other than Jason Garrett, I'd be on board the Cowboys bandwagon.
1: Over/under on Jason Witten catches?
0: Uh, twelve. I think he retires. But actually, I'll say one. I think he retires. I'll take the under. I think he retires. Like Wait he, a second. Twelve catches or twelve touchdowns? Twelve catches. I think he gets cut before um the over/under is probably like forty-five or something.
1: I was gonna say twelve. You think there's no way on God's green earth that, that man's getting cut?
0: I think, I think he could be like, ah, this just isn't for me. I'm taking it.
1: Taking it he, he was willing to give up that $40,000 pay. There's no way they're going to let him walk <laughs> away from that and say, well, I'm sorry.
0: The Cowboys basically bailed out ESPN is what happened, I think. Uh, we'll see. All right. We're getting out of here. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with more training camp battles. Thanks so for listening. Thanks, Ryan.